Hello everyone, I wish you a very warm welcome back to our podcast. We are starting this week with some wonderful news. Um, the fifth edition of the Brussels Ukraine Review is out and you can go to promoteukraine.org and check it out and get your hands on your own copy of it. Um, I have to say there are so many super interesting articles and I'm really, really excited to uh, yeah, maybe talk about uh, them in some of the following podcast episodes. And the other wonderful news are that Promote Ukraine organizes a flash mob called Stop Russian Brutality on the 26th of February, where you are, of course, more than welcome to participate in. The only thing you have to do is posting a picture on social media with holding the card that you can find on our website. So if you go to promoteukraine.org, you can find of course, more background information on this flash mob and the card itself. But let's get back to the podcast. I'm Rika, and this series is called Ukraine Up to Date. And we bring out this podcast every week where we pick together the most interesting, relevant and important topics and events about Ukraine and talk a little bit about it. So in case you want to stay on top of things that are happening in and around Ukraine, do not worry, we keep you up to date. And without further ado, let's start with this week's hot topics. Counterintelligence officers of the Security Service of Ukraine, the SBU, exposed two Ukrainian citizens who had been recruited by the Federal Security Service of the Russian Federation, the FSB, and were collecting classified information on combat readiness and equipment of the armed forces of Ukraine. The SBU operatives documented that the agents had been tasked with obtaining secret documents, in particular on the effectiveness of the use of new models of weapons and military equipment of the armed forces of Ukraine during the anti-terrorist operation and the joint forces operation. They also had to learn about the prospects of equipping and rearming units and subdivisions of the Ukrainian army. To carry out the task, the agents of the enemy special services tried to recruit an intelligence officer from one of the military units for money. Investigators and counterintelligence officers of the Security Service of Ukraine detained agents of the Russian Secret Service during the controlled transfer of um, secret documents and attempts to forward them to Russian curators through agreed channels of communication. The operation took place in accordance with Article 208 of the Code of Criminal Procedure of Ukraine. Procedural measures are being taken against the exposed FSB agents under Part 1 of Article 111, so it's basically for treason, um, of the Criminal Code of Ukraine. The National Security and Defense Council of Ukraine, or the NSDC, imposed sanctions on the MP Viktor Medvedchuk, who is known for his pro-Russian views and is the father of Russian President Vladimir Putin's godchild. According to the Secretary of the National Security and Defense Council, Alexei Danilov, sanctions were imposed on five citizens of the Russian Federation and uh, three citizens of Ukraine, of whom is one the common-law wife of Taras Kozak, um, on whom sanctions were imposed on the 2nd of February this year, and um, MP Viktor Medvedchuk and his wife, Oksana Marchunka. 
Danilov also added that economic restrictions against Medvedchuk and his wife had been imposed over financing terrorism, while the security service of Ukraine carried out criminal proceedings involving these individuals. Later, the Secretary of the National Security and Defense Council noted that Ukrainian law enforcement agencies were investigating corruption schemes taking place in Ukraine since 1991, and the decisions would soon be adopted to allow the return of stolen assets to Ukrainian people. Danilov summed up, and I quote, Then there will be investigations into offshores, then property, Everything has been stolen from the Ukrainian people since 1991. All that will be returned to the Ukrainian people. At the next meetings of the National Security and Defense Council, you will see more and more interesting things. And there will be decisions concerning members of parliament and yeah, many people who have never worked anywhere but have huge fortunes. Everyone will return stolen assets, including what concerns the Ukrainian subsoils. Um, yeah, he also promised that the information would soon be published about people, uh, yeah, also quote, who have business in Russia, earn money there, and then spend it to brainwash us. Uh, it is reported that the National Security and Defense Council also adopted a decision to take yeah, urgent measures to return to state ownership as part of the pipeline, the sale of which was linked to Medvedchuk. This asset, without privatization, without a decision of the State Property Fund of Ukraine, turned out to be owned by people registered in a foreign country. Meanwhile, Viktor Medvedchuk considers the imposed sanctions illegal. The politician assured, and I quote again, sanctions on me and my fellow faction member Taras Kozak, as well as members of our families, were imposed illegally, without any evidence. As a legal expert, I can say that all the sanctions imposed by the current authorities on me, my family, my colleagues and journalists are illegal and can be applied exclusively by the court order. Yeah, he uh, added that he had been and remained to be a, a law-abiding citizen and the authorities would not be able to put forward legitimate and substantiated claims. So yeah, this case <laughs> remains pretty interesting, I'd say. On the 15th of February, Minister of Foreign Affairs of Ukraine, Dmitry Kuleba, took part in a conference initiated by Canada, at which 52 states approved the declaration against arbitrary detention in state-to-state -state relations. Canada's initiative brings together countries that respect human rights and adhere to international law, aiming to develop effective mechanisms to combat illegal imprisonment to achieve political goals. In his address to the conference participants, Kuleba drew attention to an acute problem of arbitrary arrests in the temporarily occupied Crimea and certain areas of Donbass. I uh, quote, currently about 100 Ukrainians are illegally held behind bars in Crimea and in the Russian Federation. Politically motivated persecution of the citizens of Ukraine on fabricated charges has become a routine practice of the occupying power. We view the declaration adopted today as an important additional tool to put pressure on Russia to release Ukrainian political prisoners and prevent further human rights violations in the occupied territories. The minister drew attention to the creation of the Crimean platform as a site for consolidating international efforts to de-occupy Crimea and invited the conference participants to take part in its inaugural summit this year.
Minister Kuleba said, and I quote, international solidarity has played a significant role in our effort to achieve the release of dozens of political prisoners from Russian captivity. We should remain united and report loudly on the arbitrariness that is still going on. Consolidated action and joint pressure remain key factors in the further release of our political prisoners. And to give you a little bit of background information, in October 2020, Canada initiated the um, convening of an international conference to adopt the Declaration Against Arbitrary Detention in State-to-State -State Relations. The initiative aims to develop a global collective response to coercive diplomacy when states make arbitrary arrests of people for political gain in interstate relations. The initiative has already been supported by 52 countries, including Ukraine. Ukrainian delegation led by President Volodymyr Zelensky has signed memoranda and contracts worth more than 3 billion US dollars in the United Arab Emirates. According to the press office of the Office of the President in particular, documents were signed on deepening cooperation in promising investment projects and UAE's participation in the program of privatization of state property in Ukraine. The Ministry of Digital Transformation of Ukraine signed a memorandum uh, with the Intelmax Management Consulting, which provides for cooperation in creating a platform for the exchange of intellectual property based on the Phantom blockchain, which will provide increased security and transparency. It is also planned to introduce blockchain technologies in government processes and services. Documents in the field of defense were also signed, um, within which, in particular, the possibility of building joint plants outside Ukraine was discussed. In particular, the state concern Ukroboronprom concluded a 1 billion US dollar deal in the UAE. In addition, a memorandum was signed in the agricultural sector, which provides for the establishment of an agricultural hub and a trading company to ensure food security. The possibility of launching a Ukrainian sovereign wealth fund for joint investments is also being considered. At the same time, 18 Ukrainian private companies signed memoranda with the Mubadala investment company. The president's office also informed that a number of bilateral documents aimed at developing relations between the two countries were signed during the visit of the Ukrainian delegation. Vladimir Zelensky already met with Crown Prince of Abu Dhabi, Sheikh Mohammed bin Zayed al Nayan and Vice President, Prime Minister, Minister of Defense, Ruler of the Emirate of Dubai, Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid Al Maktoum. The Verkhovna Rada of Ukraine adopted a resolution appealing to the governments and parliaments of foreign states and international organizations to condemn the temporary occupation of the Autonomous Republic of Crimea and the city of Sevastopol violations of human rights and freedoms in the temporarily occupied territories and to release Ukrainian political prisoners. The resolution includes the appeal to the United Nations, the European Parliament, the Parliamentary Assembly of the Council of Europe, the OSCPA, the NATO PA, the BSECPA, governments and parliaments of the world's countries. The explanatory note says that the main provisions of the appeal are calls for the continuation of the policy 
of non-recognition of the attempted annexation of the Autonomous Republic of Crimea and the city of Sevastopol, further consolidation of international cooperation to restore Ukraine's territorial integrity, including within Ukraine's Crimean platform political and diplomatic initiative. The appeal also refers to the use of all possible international, political, diplomatic and sanctions mechanisms against the Russian Federation in order to immediately release all persons captured during the ongoing armed aggression of the Russian Federation against Ukraine. The appeal contains a provision on counteracting the militarization of the Crimean Peninsula, condemning the violation of fundamental human rights and freedoms by the Russian occupation authorities in the temporarily occupied territories. In addition, the resolution calls on the Russian Federation to stop forcible transfer of illegally convicted citizens of Ukraine living in the temporarily occupied territories of Crimea to penitentiaries located in the territory of the aggressor country. On the eve of the adoption of the resolution, permanent representative of the president of Ukraine to the Autonomous Republic of Crimea, Anton Korinevich, said at the All-Ukrainian Forum Ukraine 30 Public Utility Bill, that due to the Russian occupation of Crimea, Ukraine had lost about half of its gas deposits on the sea shelf. The official noted, and I quote, Shortly before the occupation, agreements were signed on the territory of the United States on the distribution of products, the development of the Scythian section of the Black Sea Shelf. The project uh, could have started in 2017, and it would be very successful and very correct in terms of Ukraine increasing its own natural gas production. He also added, according to various data, Half of all gas reserves in Ukraine are on the continental shelf of the Black Sea and the Sea of Azov. Kodinevich reminded that together with Crimea, Ukraine had lost the Chernomor Naftogaz company with an onshore production base for offshore operations, a technological fleet, 10 offshore gas production platforms for self-elevating drilling rigs and many other energy facilities. Ukraine continues to file lawsuits in the international courts over the damage caused by Russia. In 2021, Ukraine and NATO will develop additional measures and practical steps to improve the interoperability of armed forces under the Enhanced Opportunities Partnership, or the EOP, program. And yeah, this is what the director of the NATO Information and Documentation Center in Ukraine, Vneta Kleine, said during the panel discussion entitled Sustainability and Security. What can Ukraine learn from NATO? It is specified that Ukraine's status of NATO's Enhanced Opportunities Partner is a recognition of the country's important contributions to NATO operations, exercises and response forces. Kleine said, and I quote, this includes improving access to interoperability programs, conducting exercises, sharing information, and learning from our common experience. This year, we will also work with Ukraine to improve the Enhanced Opportunities Partnership Program. There will be additional activities to improve our interoperability. She also said that NATO would continue to support Ukraine in its efforts to ensure security and peace. And as a quick reminder, Ukraine proposes that NATO use the airspace over Crimea for its operations. 
Ukraine initiated a meeting of the United Nations General Assembly on the situations in the territories occupied by the Russian Federation on the 23rd of February. Permanent representative of Ukraine to the United Nations, uh, Serhii Kislitsa, said in an interview with LBUA that one of the agenda items will be the discussion of the report on Donbass. In particular, during the meeting, the Ukrainian side plans to raise the issue of an illegally organized forum called Russian Donbass. In addition, according to the diplomat, the UN will host an event on Russian aggression with the participation of the leadership of the Ministry of Temporarily Occupied Territories. Kislitsa said, I quote, on the 23rd of February, the permanent mission of Ukraine will organize a briefing chaired by the leadership of the Ministry of Temporarily Occupied Territories for member states of the entire UN, and not only of the Security Council regarding the situation in eastern Ukraine and Crimea. And there we will be able to tell everything about the course of events at the front without any time limits. He also did not rule out that an international UN peacekeeping administration may appear in the temporarily occupied Donbass. However, the diplomat noted that this will happen only after a peace treaty between Ukraine and Russia is concluded and the final decision on the deployment of peacekeepers is made by the Verkhovna Rada. The permanent representative of Ukraine to the United Nations stressed, quote, the sequence is as follows. The parties to the conflict reach a peace agreement. It is approved by the United Nations, after which a mission in cooperation with the parties to the conflict and most importantly in cooperation with a sovereign country is sent to determine which format is the most appropriate for this peace agreement. Then a mandate is developed together with Ukraine and the agreement is submitted to the Verkhovna Rada at the initiative of the government and the president. He reminded that Ukraine's appeal to the UN regarding the deployment of a peacekeeping mission in Donbass remains valid and has not been cancelled. So that was it with this week's podcast. Make sure to share your thoughts with us and we would be very happy to hear your feedback so that we can keep improving this podcast for you. If you want to have more information on Ukraine-EU-Russia relations and read other articles as well, you can visit promoteukraine.org. And also, if you haven't done so yet, follow us on our social media, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and whatever you can think of. You can find us everywhere under the name Promote Ukraine. But for now, I wish you a wonderful start into the week, and I'll see you next week with some fresh and new information.